Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here today with Gerald Duff, the author of the witty and highly atmospheric novel, Memphis Ribs. Gerald, welcome. Thank you. I loved your book. I especially loved the Memphis setting. I've never actually been to Memphis, but I feel like I have after having read this book. So uh, let's talk for a little bit about the, uh, the, the primary character and his partner. You, you have a couple of cops that are the main characters uh, in this book. So let's talk a little bit about uh, J.W. Ragsdale and his partner, Tyrone Walker, and then we'll kind of get into the storyline a bit. I'll be glad to. J.W. Ragsdale, is, uh, he began his life, my character did, as a cotton farmer in uh, North Mississippi. And, uh, of course, being in the cotton trade, it was tough, and he finally had to, to leave and move somewhere else. In the meantime, he had also been in the service in the Army and had been uh, learned something about discipline and something about how to operate. He was in the uh, military police as well. So he, when, he, when he left the uh, cotton fields, he headed for Memphis and got a job in the Memphis Police Department in the Homicide Division. And he's been doing that for, for several years now. And he's always feels torn about uh, being sort of agrarian and, and Mississippian. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, living in a big city and having to deal with all that goes on there in, in that city of Memphis. Uh, the character that he uh, is paired with, his partner, is Tyrone Walker, uh, who is, uh, happens to be African-American. Uh, he had met Tyrone many years before. When both of them were in high school, he was in high school, J.W. Ragsdale was, in Mississippi, Batesville High School. And Tyrone was in uh, Central High School in Memphis, and they played in a football game against each other. Uh-huh. So I just met him many years ago and got paired with him in the homicide division in Memphis, and they make a good team, I think. One of my favorite early scenes in the book is is when J.W. was reflecting back on a scene that happened at a football game the first time he saw Tyrone and he saw this look in his eye. Anybody who's a football fan probably remembers looking at Dick Butkus and seeing right. that the, seeing those eyes. And I was picturing those eyes in uh, in Tyrone Walker when you were describing that. Yeah, he he says he remembers him as having eyes like stone. <laughs> and when he came through the line carrying the ball. J.W. Ragsdale, of course, tried to tackle him. He did tackle him, got him down finally, and uh, he said when he looked at him, his eyes were still staring like stones. And it was the scariest thing he'd seen in a while. That's good stuff. And then he winds up partnered with him years later. And they are a great partnership, the banter that they have back and forth and the different backgrounds that that, that they have is is really well developed in the series. So now, or or in the book, in in this particular book, you've got a little bit of everything. You've got murder, you've got gang warfare, you've got drugs, and of course, from the title, you know there's some barbecue in there as well. So uh, give us your overview of the storyline of the book, if you would. Well, you know, one of the favorite things people say about Memphis is that Memphis is based upon booze, blues, and barbecue. <laughs> and so booze, blues, and barbecue inhabit this this novel, and I tried to, to show that. Also, Memphis is a strange place in that it's, uh, 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 it won, won, on the one hand, very tight, because it has more churches than most other places in the country. It is very religious in lots of ways. On the other hand, it's very loose and wild. Uh, and so you've got this kind of c- clash of cultures taking place there always. And uh, J.W. Ragsdale, of course, enjoys that, particularly the uh, the underside of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing really is about uh, different kinds of social classes as they collide and work together and work against each other in Memphis. 
And I think Memphis is a, is a city, as I grew, lived there for several years, I learned uh, that it was a city which was always in conflict with itself. And it had uh, sort of, in, in terms of comparisons with other cities in Tennessee, Nashville, if Nashville is a city whose uh, who's ob- ob- uh, who's direction and obligation is to make money, uh, Memphis is a city which is to say, well, let's just give up and have a good time. We, <laughs> money has passed us. We can't get any more money. Let's just, let's just have a good time. And so they do. And I really enjoy music uh, and all the blues and music in Memphis, and it's everywhere mm-hmm. in the air. Of course, Elvis Presley, as you know, was from Memphis and lived there for many years, and uh, his presence is still felt in that city. And so that kind of inhabited sense of, uh, of uh, the wild side of life is very much pronounced in Memphis, and I wanted to, to capture that uh, with, uh, with Memphis ribs. And also, one thing that Memphis really loves is, obviously, is barbecue. Mm-hmm. It talks about barbecue, and I must say I've eaten barbecue across this country, and I haven't found anything which, is, which matches, in my opinion at least, Memphis ribs and Memphis barbecue. Now let me ask. Let me let me interrupt the, your flow here and ask a question because I've always been sure. confused about. We've got St. Louis barbecue. We've got Memphis barbecue. We've got Carolina barbecue. What's the difference? What what differentiates Memphis from everyone else? I think it's the sauce. Uh, the sauce of North Carolina, I think, is as I understand it, is kind of a vinegary based kind of sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sauce of South Carolina has kind of a mustard base to it. Uh, I don't know what the sauce of Kansas City has. I don't like Kansas City barbecue very much. And don't tell Lee Goldberg that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that the Memphis barbecue is, is much more of a kind of tomato sugar-based kind okay. of sauce. All right. And is the typical rib that you get there, is it a baby back or is it something else? Baby back, yeah. Baby okay. Back is, it's a typical one. Okay. All right. Now let's get back to the story. Now that now that right. you've got my uh, my salivary ga- sal- salivary <laughs> glands moving. <laughs> so the story. Um, you've you've got these two cops. You've got this setting. We've 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 got Memphis. What's the story behind this particular book? The story behind this book is that uh, there is a man who is a rich man there in Memphis who's always in all kinds of things. He's also sort of crooked as well. Mm-hmm. He is uh, of an old family. And he's kind of a, a wastrel and a kind of a loser in many ways. And he's trying now to uh, to sell canned barbecue on a kind of national basis. And he's trying to sell bad barbecue. He gets hooked up also along the way with uh, dealings with uh, some underworld uh, gang figures there with cocaine trade. So there's, there's an attempt to try to, to uh, smuggle cocaine in various kinds of ways along with the, the barbecue. Uh, as he, not in accident together, of course, but... And, and shipments together. And JW and, and Tyrone run into this because uh, there is a big killing that takes place of one of the society leaders uh, of Memphis. And that person that gets killed has to be the father of this Washtenaw kind of young man. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of central program. There's also a daughter, uh, his sister, who has just been elected maid of cotton, which is a big deal in Memphis and in the South. And she uh, wants to be able to uh, hold that title. And the last thing she wants is some bad publicity coming onto her family. So she is uh, as hard-nosed as her brother is and has her own kind of agenda. Uh, and and that, that is working, I think, throughout the whole structure of the novel, that kind of tension. Mm-hmm. Now, we can hear your accent. So there's, yes. there's a sense of the South there. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from East Texas. Uh, I grew up in, born in Texas, grew up in Texas, and, and left uh, there when I was, after I finished college to go off to graduate school. 
And then I went to Illinois and uh, then worked in, in Memphis and uh, worked in Ohio. And now I'm, I'm living in Illinois again. Okay. So, I, I consider myself to be a Texan, as guess as all Texans do. Think that they were born in Texas. They're Texans all their lives, like it or not. <laughs> so there I am. I got the sense from reading the book, the sense I got of the city of Memphis, and, and again, I've never been there, and I know it's a good-sized city, but I, I got the sense that it's it feels like a smaller community than the kind of big city that we might think it is. Is, is that a true statement from someone that's it's, lived there for a while? I think one of the things that's interesting about Memphis is it's like being on an island. There are no other big cities around Memphis for hundreds of miles. So it really is kind of encapsulated, enclosed kind of society. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a sense that everybody knows everybody else there, although it's a good-sized city, as you said. But at the same time, the closest big city, if it's you want to call it a big city, is Little Rock, Arkansas, which is uh, over 100 miles away. St. Louis is 300 miles away. Nashville is 200 miles away. Mm. New Orleans is 300 miles away. So Memphis is, uh, is all by itself as a city, and that makes for a kind of a tightness and a kind of a small-town feel, I think. Okay. Well, I, I certainly picked that up in the book. Another thing that really just kind of jumped off the page at me was the dialogue, and it's just so consistently good all the way through. It, it just, it's funny, and, and it's so, the characters are so consistent with, I, I can hear the accents in my voice when I'm <laughs> reading the dialogue. How do you, how do you do that? How do you start at the beginning and, and weave that in all the way through to the end without, like, you know, the occasional sour note? Well, I've always been a great fan of dialogue, good dialogue in, mm-hmm. in fiction. And uh, I, I like uh, Eudora Realty, for example, uh, Flannery O'Connor, who are being consistent with their dialogue through mm-hmm. their, their work. Uh, Faulkner does as well, obviously. And the thing that I do when I'm trying to uh, write dialogue is that I will uh, read everything aloud. Uh, as I'm writing it, okay, and to see how it sounds in the air. Literally, as you're writing it. Well, not as, uh, after I finish writing. Okay, so all right. Okay. I, I will read, then read it aloud to see how it sounds. If there are any clinkers, okay, uh, that, that don't sound accurate, that are out of place, out of keeping with the overall uh, aim of the thing. That's and that's so, interesting. Uh, I've heard of other people who might read aloud after they've finished the book, but you're actually doing it as you're going along. You write a few pages and then and then read it. As I go along, exactly. I think it helps keep the thing consistent huh. for me, at least. Well, that's cool. That's that's a neat thing to know. Now, you you're writing. I, I looked at at your website today, and your writing is all over the place. You write a little bit of everything, and I, I noticed in your bio, your bio's sort of all over the place as well as as is mine. I've done more jobs than I could possibly remember, and I get a sense that you're the same way. I am indeed. I, I grew up in a family without any real money in East Texas, and so I had all kinds of different kinds of jobs. Uh, I, I really liked reading and, and uh, got into literature, mm-hmm. and so that led me in different directions. But growing up in, in Texas, uh, I, I picked cotton at various points. I worked in the oil fields. Uh, I was a janitor. I worked as a TV cameraman at one point, uh, and I found all kinds of, uh, of ways to make a buck here and there. Mm-hmm. And it is the case, I think, that uh, I was not in a settled kind of uh, slot uh, growing up. And that, that led me in different directions. And the same with your writing. You're writing you, you write historical novels. Um, you're, writing, you're writing this series. You, you, you're just all over the place. And, and why is that? Do you just have a number of different interests that you like to explore? Just, I think that exactly nails it. I really like to not get settled into one thing uh, and stay there. 
uh, I, I, I admire people who are able to write, say, a series uh, of someone like, uh, oh, uh, uh, you name it, someone who's doing a series of some sort, mm-hmm. you know, with Ayers, for example, uh, and she stays consistent throughout an entire collection of novels. Uh, but I, I find myself being led in different directions. And so I'll say, well, I want to do a novel which is about uh, the Civil War, and I'll, I'll work on that for a while. And then I want to do a novel which has to do with uh, people growing up in East Texas, which is close to home for me. Mm-hmm. And I got into the series here are the uh, Memphis Ribs, and another another novel of uh, which followed that one called Memphis Mojo, mm-hmm. and uh, that has seems to me have, have as a kind of attraction. But the idea of not of uh, staying in one particular series, one particular kind of uh, re- repetition, uh, has not been as attractive to me as the notion of trying different things. Mm-hmm. I remember you know who Greg Isles is, don't you? Sure. I I remember back before he started writing a series, he, ev- all of his books were different, and they all had different characters. And at the end of the book, he he would write a little letter to his readers, basically saying thank you for letting me write what I want and continuing to support me. And I I always had a lot of respect for his willingness to do that and his ability to do that because as readers we like a series if you know if we if we like that's a book true. like Memphis Ribs we want the next book and then we want that's the right. next book and that's got to be tough to uh, to have to meet that demand well i've got some friends right now for example who are readers of mine who say to me all right now you've read you've done Memphis Ribs you've done Memphis Mojo what's the next Memphis book yeah and so there's this sense that there ought to be some I like that idea, of course, certainly. It's good to be wanted. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you find yourself, I find myself at least, being led in different directions. My next book, for example, is about uh, Custer's Last Stand, which is a historically-based kind of novel, uh-huh. which is about as far from Memphis as you're going to get. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it is the case that uh, that people do want, and I want it myself. I'm reading, if I read something by uh, uh, Elmore Leonard, right. I want support Elmore Leonard. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because I like it so much. I think we all want some more Elmore Leonard. No doubt about it. And I actually, I did see one review of this, of this. I think it was either this book or maybe it was the next one, where they compared you to, uh, said you were like a uh, a Memphis version of Elmore Leonard. And that's pretty high praise. That was that was delightful to me to hear that. Of course, I don't believe it. But <laughs> certainly, I, I, I love the, the comparison. Yeah, you're happy to clip that out and stick it on the side of your computer. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next for you? You mentioned the Custer book, and I, I saw that on your website. It looks like it's close to coming out. It's coming um, out this, this week, this month, in fact. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Well, good luck with that. And so you've got two books coming out in May, so, which is uh, pretty cool. And then what are you working on beyond that? Well, beyond that, I'm, work, I'm working again. I'm thinking I'm going to do another Memphis book uh, and uh, using J.W. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Tyrone. And I'm thinking it's going to be called, uh, I've got a title at least, called Memphis Bluff. Ooh. Memphis is on, is on a big bluff, and it's called the Bluff City. Uh-huh. And I like the idea of the, the, uh, the, the double meaning of the word bluff. Standing on the bluff and also bluff claiming you've got something you haven't got. So I'm thinking about Memphis Bluff in some fashion involving uh, some other kind of uh, wrongdoing in Memphis, which J.W. and Tyrone must, must take care of. So I think that's that's where I'm going in this, at this point. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that because this is seriously good crime fiction. It's you know there's there's all kinds of different crime fiction. This is I'm not. How would you describe this? Well, I I think that it's uh, it really has depends not simply upon who killed who and what was going on in terms of of plot working its way out. It really is an attempt to capture an ethos and mm-hmm. a place and a time 
and personalities. So it really is about a kind of cultural kind of uh, geography I'm writing, I think, mm -hmm. I'm trying for. And I think that uh, certainly there's crimes do occur and they are solved, but that is not the, the, the central point, I think, of, of the book. You, it's not really about what, who did what and who uh, is discovered to be the, the culprit. What I, what I found, try myself, found myself trying to do is, uh, is, is show that uh, something about the mindset and the, the culture of the persons who are involved in all of this. That's more interesting to me. And, and you've certainly done it with this book. And I, as a reader, th these are my favorite kinds of books where you can, you, you're exposed to something new in terms of a culture and people, and you just keep wanting to know more. You want to revisit it. Yes. So I'm glad to hear that uh, you've got more Memphis books in the work. Gerald, what's the best way for people to keep up with you and your work? Well, um, I have a website. It's www.geraldduff.com. Okay. And, uh, that's kept very, very current by my website manager, Ann Meltzer, who does a great job. She does. A nice-looking website. I will have a link to your website in the show notes, so people can also find that in the interview notes at crimefiction.fm. Gerald, thanks so much. I really thank enjoyed you, chatting with you this morning. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. This is Stephen Campbell for crimefiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. And that's if you listen on your iPhone or on iTunes, either one, you can do that. These will help other crime fiction readers find great new books like Memphis Ribs from Gerald Duff. Thanks for listening.